When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We gotta win a win. It's simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia, and I am recording this the morning after the loss to Oklahoma City that ends the Nuggets' home win streak and winning streak in general. They won 16 games at home before this loss and had won their last nine overall. Uh, They've lost a very little amount this year in general, but they've only had two losses or more in a row twice this season. Other than that, they're pretty much winning every game. They had once where they lost to the Knicks and then to Dallas back-to-back, and once where they lost Atlanta, New New Orleans, and Dallas in a row this season. Dallas is a little bit of kryptonite for the Nuggets, so that makes sense. So is New Orleans when they're healthy, but they are not healthy right now. Um, But I think I'm not sad about the loss last night, and we're definitely going to talk about all the games that happened over this last home stand because the last time I spoke to y'all, we had since the last time I spoke to y'all, we have had several games. Portland, Minnesota, Indiana, and OKC all came to town. And Denver did not have Michael Malone for that entire series of games. Coach Malone um, contracted COVID, tested positive for it. I'm not sure if he had any symptoms or anything. Uh, I don't think so because the coaching staff said he was seemed fine. He just had tested positive. So, um Sounds like he'll be on this road trip moving forward. And the Nuggets actually, I think it was good for everyone in the organization to have new voices talking about what the Nuggets are doing. Um, and that's how I feel about most topics in general, which is why I'm so all about inclusion. But I think it's important that the Nuggets that we as a media staff got to hear David Adelman talk about how he sees the game of basketball and the way he describes um, what Nikola Jokic is doing and what Zeke Naji is doing, for example. Uh, I think that's important because 
we get into a habit of hearing the way Michael Malone might describe something or we get used to the way that he answers certain questions. And like as a media person, I know sometimes I have veered from a question because I'm like, oh, I know how he'll answer that, you know, instead of just asking it to get his answer anyway. Um, but I think it, we also get stuck listening to like the same way things are described. And it was good to hear David Adelman talk about the way that this team plays and describe Nikola Jokic and what he does on the floor and how hard it is to guard him and just things that we hear Michael Malone describe all the time, but from a different perspective and a different voice. And I think it did the team good in the sense of the players on the floor, you know, after the Portland game, Portland comes to town first, Dame goes for 40, Jamal, MPJ, Yoke all put up big numbers. Yoke gets his third triple-double. They probably don't win that game if Jokic doesn't play. KCP has some massive defense. He's quite the unsung hero. I think we really have to give KCP some love. Like He is the fifth guy on the roster on that starting group that, like, the one that, like, remember the one guy from the Fab Five who didn't make it to the NBA? That's, like, KCP's role in this group. Like, nobody talks about him because he's doing the things that maybe don't show up on the box score. I know I've been betting him because he has the second highest three-point shooting percentage in the NBA. So that means the highest on this team. And yet, you know, I feel like MPJ, Jamal, Aaron, Joke. Those all, all those guys would be an all-star before they would name KCP an all-star, even though he's doing some of the dirty work. He's doing defending. Aaron defends the best player on the floor a lot of nights too, but depending on who the guy is and what kind of defense this team needs, uh, they have a lot of guys to throw at players, and KCP often is a guy locking up defender, or uh, locking up on defense. Excuse me. When we asked the players about KCP and kind of what he – does so well he uh jamal talked about obviously like going through the screens he that's we've talked about it right he does an incredible job getting through screens he should run a workshop on it because he is nice um when pulling when running through screens he often gets a uh a whistle right for a moving screen so he knows how to how to get that call um and he can get through it but he locked up lockdown on Dame in the second half and the team really kind of shut Dame down in the second half he didn't have a single three he did have four for five from two but not a single three uh in the second half so says a lot about his defense um KCP's also hit a couple of clutch threes in pivotal moments and he's also a threat like on the offensive side which is why I think he's so much better than some of the guards the Nuggets have had in the past better fit for this team because MPJ is not really going to give you the defense although I thought he, I think he's been very good lately on defense just using utilizing his length and getting out on guys and kind of dropping in and sitting down and defending guys even um you know facing straight up one-on-one -on -one. but yeah KCP unsung hero for me in the Portland game and, and in a lot of games this season so far.
Minnesota was next. They did a back-to-back. Minnesota, uh, Portland, and then Minnesota back-to-back. It was a sloppy win. It was definitely, obviously, a back-to-back win. Like, very obvious. But my biggest takeaways were just, like, when this team needed to uh, focus, when they needed to lock in, they did that. And it's so frustrating because, obviously, you want to see that throughout the game, right? You want to see moments of that or just good defense from start to finish of the game. But this team is really clutch. They're second most clutch in points. They have the first most clutch three-point percentage in the league with 41%. And some of that is Jokic shooting threes. They're second in offensive rating with 120.7 and a net rating of 28.2. That's first in the league in clutch time. And a number one defensive rating of 92.5 points in clutch moments, in clutch time. So Jamal was very clutch in that game. Nicola obviously did what Nicola does and (laughs) put up 31 points in that one. Back-to-back triple doubles uh, in the Portland game and then in the game against Minnesota. And again, the Nuggets probably don't win without Jokic because of how many points he put up. Um, Jamal put up 28 of his own, which was pretty nice, but... Obviously, you needed both because Dame went off for a bunch of points in that first one. And then in the Minnesota game, they just kind of had an overall effort uh, from everybody. But they had six players, seven players in double digits. So pretty sloppy game, but um, a lot of effort from Minnesota. They definitely wanted to keep that winning streak alive against Denver. Denver snaps their winning streak. Um and just has a very good good win, right? Because in this a good win in the sense that like when it came down to the wire, they got the job done. Um the teams talked a lot about like a win is a win is a win is a win <laughs> and how good teams will find a way to win even in a in a bad game, even in, against bad teams, sloppy when they've played sloppy, they'll find a way to win in the end and that bad teams will find a way to lose a game. And Minnesota really had a chance to win that game, actually, in different moments and didn't make it happen. You know, they had a huge third-quarter push, second quarter and third quarter. They scored, outscored the Nuggets and had a lead. And the fourth quarter, it came down to fourth-quarter time and fourth-quarter minutes, and there's nobody better than the Nuggets in the fourth quarter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Then Friday night, the Pacers came to town and no Nikola Jokic for this game. So now no Michael Malone. has. He, Michael Malone was out all week. Nikola Jokic had a tight hamstring. So probably tweaked it in that Minnesota game. Whatever the reason, you know, or wherever it happened, the Nuggets are going to be very cautious with Jokic because without Jokic, the playoffs, which they are handedly, handedly in the playoffs, they will probably finish a top three seed at the least, maybe even top two at this point. Um, we could probably cut it down to top two at this point, but they once they're there, right, they need Nicola. They need Nicola, and they need him to be healthy and fresh, and so that means sitting him if he has any sort of soreness or any sort of tightness, and that was the case in this game, and you got a big, massive contribution from multiple guys in this game, but definitely from your big three, AG, Jamal, and MPJ, and then you got big contributions from Bruce, who's by far been the best guy off the bench, in my opinion, this season. And then you also got 10 points from DeAndre Jordan, who had a few dunks of his own in this game, and 10 points from Christian Brown. I swear to you, Christian Brown, if you give him 6 minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, Christian Brown will get you 10 points, an assist or two, and a couple of rebounds in that time. I don't care how many minutes you give him. The man will get you at least those numbers. He always does something when he's out there. In this game, he only played he played 15 minutes, which is more than uh, he's been getting lately. And he had 10 points, 2 rebounds, and 2 assists. Massive dunk um, on the baseline from a pass, a backdoor pass cut on the baseline, pass from Aaron Gordon from the opposite side and dunked it in. It was a massive stick. Uh, by far my favorite dunk of the night, even though Bruce's cockback was insane. Like, I don't know what it is. Christian has really good timing. Whenever he comes in the game, he seems to like hit a big shot or have a big dunk. And it's like pivotal. It gives them an explosion of energy. I don't know if it's like how he always like seems to yell afterwards um, which is funny to me because he seems like the quietest guy ever. And I have only gotten a chance to talk to him like two or three times, but just seems very like, I don't know, like chill. And then all of a sudden he just beast modes and it's like hulking out. Um, it's just unexpected, I guess for me, <laughs> but the Pacers, um, come to town and just get dunked all over, quite literally. 16 dunks in that game. It was a really fun game to watch. Much um, better performance, like, just overall. They, I mean, the defense wasn't great, and I don't know that you're going to have the defense on point when you're missing Nicola just because he's so central. Um, the defense was what it needed to be. They held the Pacers to 111 points. Uh, they only made eight threes that night. The Pacers almost always shoot double-digit threes. Very few times have they 
been held to under 10 threes in a game. Made threes, that is. Made, right? Those points that count towards their score. And the Nuggets held them to 111 at eight threes. Two more threes. Doesn't really make this game close to get them to 10. They're at least 10, at least double digits, which is they're pretty normal for them. Still wouldn't have gotten them anywhere close to where the Nuggets went because they went off for 134. They had a huge night. Um, Aaron Gordon put up massive points, 28 points from him, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. 19 points for MPJ, 8 and 8 boards. Um, And then Jamal Murray with his first career triple-double, 17, 10, and 14. So awesome to see Jamal accomplish something that he hadn't done before his injury um, because you could see what it meant to him. You could see that he realized, like, that he can do things that he didn't do before, you know. Um, and he, he joked about about Jokic being um, – that he would have gotten, like, a triple-double sooner, but Jokic is always stealing him from him. And that's probably true. If, if Jamal's a first option on a team, he's probably gotten a, a lot more triple-doubles at this point. He's probably Trey Young, you know? So um, when he said after the L.A. Clippers game that this team has a squad, that (laughs) without Jokic, like Jokic has a squad of guys around him, this Pacers game was like a highlight reel for that squad. They wanted to like put on blast anyone who ever said it's just a Nikola Jokic team. Aaron Gordon makes a huge case for uh, why he should be an all-star this year with this game. Um, and then the very next game, they drop it to OKC. Last night, Sunday night, um, they lose to Oklahoma City by two points, one layup, and it was scored by none other than SGA. Shea Gildress Alexander had a huge night against the Nuggets, 34 points, five assists, and five rebounds overall. He did have very few guys contributing to to assist him. Only two other guys had double-digit points, Josh Giddy and then um, Williams for the Pacers, which was really shocking to me to see them actually pull this win out with such few con- contributors because the Nuggets on the other side of the ball, on the other side of the court, had seven guys in double digits. Every single player who participated in the game, aside from Bones Highland and Black Cochanchar, had double-digit points. Everybody else. Christian Brown, 10 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. I'm telling you guys, it doesn't matter how much time this man has, he will find a way to get his 10 buckets. Uh, or 5 buckets, I guess. Um, Zeke Naji had a, his first career triple not triple-double, double-double, and Aaron Gordon had a double-double in this game as well. 15 points, 10 rebounds for Aaron, 12-10 and for Zeke, which was pretty big for Zeke. I thought this was a very good game to kind of show Zeke's versatility on defense and what he can do. He played very well. Um, He had a moment at the end of the game where he had some clutch free throws that he, he was at the line. And it was for the game, like, to tie it up. And he knocked both of them down. But free throws definitely were the demise of the Nuggets last night. Had they hit all of their free throws, they by far would have won this game. They went just 
um, 17 for 33 from the line, slightly above 50%, but just barely. And Aaron Gordon missed most of them, probably. He had seven missed threes. Jamal missed a three or missed a free throw. Jamal missed one. KCP missed one. Um, let's see. Bruce missed two. Zeke missed four before hitting knocking those really clutch ones down. And then Jeff missed one as well. Uh this game was not great on the defensive end. It felt like um Pacers were kind of scrappy. I think they're small. They're scrappy. They they get in and find the ball. And um, when I asked Bruce about after the game, I talked to Bruce, Aaron Gordon, and let's see, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, Jamal, and Zeke. Um, we I heard from all of those guys, um, but specifically just asking Bruce about like the assists. Last game, in the game against the Pacers, they had, like, 38 assists. And then in this game, in the first half, they only had nine. Um, and I asked him, you know, was what was it about the defense that was making it so difficult, or was, were you guys just not knocking down shots? And he, he definitely thought, you know, they, they didn't shoot great from three. They definitely um, missed a lot. They shot just 35% from three-point range, 10 of 28. So a couple of guys knocked down uh, a three, but, and only, let's see, Zeke, Bruce, and KCP knocked down two threes each. But when you're thinking about, like, the amount of threes you're putting in the basket when MPJ's on the floor, you know, you got to compensate for that. And MPJ was not a part of this game um, due to personal reasons and, I guess we can talk about that now. Um, but before we do, just wrapping up this um, L to the OKC, you know, I thought it was really the rebounding battle, the the lack of assists, the lack of not just knocking down shots, but just there were a lot of ISO moments. There were a lot of moments where Jamal was trying to create one-on-one. Um, Aaron was trying to create one-on-one. There was a lot of standing around. There wasn't a lot of cutting. And that's why I love when Christian Brown comes into the game because this man cuts. Like, he he wants to move when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And I thought that that looked like that's what I liked most about, like, him, Zeke. I felt like they were really moving around a lot. It's understandable, if you ask me, like, why the game went that way. I would say it's understandable. It in the sense that, you know, they just got done playing the Pacers without Jokic. So Jamal, Aaron, they're tired. You know, they carry a lot of the workload. They played 38 minutes, both of them, in this game. KCP played 37. Like, it's a lot of minutes for you to go with those three guys. And then the next guy after KCP played 35, that was Bruce. And then the other players there's three that played 20 minutes and bones played 11 and blacko played 10 and so it was just a lot of workload on jamal and ag in my opinion and 
I can see why at the end of the game, you know, it was that that bucket didn't go in. It lacked a little bit of oomph because they retired. There weren't any subs. Um, and part of that was because of um, the situations that are going on with MPJ and with Jokic being out because of the tight hammy. But this is a team that doesn't make excuses, you know, and had they knocked in those free throws, they wouldn't have even been in that situation. OKC barely beat them with uh, Shea going off and their team being, for the most part, quite healthy. So, you know, if this team was fully prepped, I don't think this is a L that we need to take to heart. Like, this isn't a loss that fans need to freak out about. If Jokic was there, they easily would have won. Even if Jokic wasn't there and Michael Malone was there, I think they might have won. I think Malone might have called a timeout or two uh, to get them refocused on the defensive end. There were a few times. I mean, David Adelman did a great job. I'm just saying, I know as a former player, like when my head coach wasn't there, there were things that I slacked off on. There were things that I was like, oh, she's always you know, bitching at me about this and she's not here today. So like, finally I can breathe a little bit. Didn't mean I didn't try at it, but because I knew like she wanted me to do those things for the good of the team, but it did mean like I didn't have somebody constantly reminding me about it. And I do think that makes a difference in a game that's two po- a two point game, you know? So, um, not the best, not, not fun to lose, not fun to lose. And the locker room post game was they were down. Jamal was upset. Jamal was visibly like upset that that bucket didn't go in. He was visibly upset. You know, he glad he got the look, but he was making that shot all night. Like there's no reason that bucket doesn't go in. So yeah, other than just, you know, that's sports. Sometimes it doesn't go in, you know, he's, uh, it doesn't make him any less clutch. I don't think it, this loss really says much about the team in any way. They were missing enough people and important people that I think you you kind of chalk it up to they barely lost with you know let down guys I don't I don't think we worry about this one I don't think that, that OKC is um I mean yes OKC could be a first round matchup for Denver and yes they have been historically a little bit of a pain in the butt for Denver to play so you take that but you know I did ask Aaron after the game like what what does losing you know, do for y'all? Does it help you more than like winning does? Does does a loss like this one um, help you refocus? And he said, absolutely. It helps you be more disciplined, right? Because like any failure we have in life for any of us, you know, as soon as you you fail at something, if you really want that thing and you don't want to fail at it, and you're you're gonna try again, and you're gonna go in with a new game plan. So. I think it's good for teams every once in a while to have a a loss. You know, I love the winning streak. Obviously I didn't want it to end, but I think it's, there's, there's things to be learned from losses. And I think the Nuggets learned a lot last night about like, they know they're the better team. They know that they should win those games and they probably can be more disciplined in a couple ways. Um, And I know for a fact that, you know, when talking to Aaron, he said, you know, I, he personally, he didn't say it about the team, but he said like, I, I, I want to be more disciplined. He said that all year, um, he's been locked in that way. And I, I know that he will be, you know, so will I bet his over on free throws next game? Probably. I can guarantee you, he got up some free throws this morning before 
they headed out for their road trip. The guys are headed to New Orleans for a game tomorrow night at 6 p.m. and then a back-to-back going to Milwaukee Wednesday. They're kind of catching both these teams at good times um, because neither of them are fully healthy. You're going to catch the Pelicans without Zion and potentially Milwaukee without Giannis and Chris Middleton. So that's a big break for the Nuggets. Uh, You know, they have been winning a lot lately, but they've had a home-heavy schedule lately. So keep that in mind. You know, the road is a different atmosphere. You don't have the consistency. You don't have the routine. You don't have the comfort of your home. You're on the road. It's supposed to be harder. That's what home court advantage is. So, of course, these games should be harder for the Nuggets. Sounds like Michael Malone will be on the trip, but I don't think they're going to have a an important piece, which is Michael Porter Jr. I know that every single one of these guys is hurting for Mike right now because I think all of us can can relate, right? Like, Michael had nothing to do with this incident. This is something that happened to someone he loves, and it's going to change this person's life. And so, of course, Mike was out last night for last night's game due to personal reasons. It came out just before the game was about to start that those reasons were that his brother was involved in a car accident where someone died. Um, I think all of us can have some empathy because we all drive vehicles, right? Like, we know that we're getting into this, like, big computer tank thing that, like, could potentially kill somebody. And I say that for myself. Like, I pulled out the other day trying to take a right turn. I look left. And, of course, in that time that I'm looking left, a pedestrian chooses to walk out in front of me. And I start to pull out because I'm looking left and no cars are coming. And I've already checked right. I didn't see anybody coming across. But as I'm looking left, they walked in front of my car. And as I pulled out, you know, they got really upset with me. Of course. Of course. Um, Because... Who wouldn't get scared in that moment? I understand, you know, that they're upset because I pulled out and I didn't see them and that's their life, you know? This could happen to anybody. That's the thing we have to remember, that this situation could have happened to absolutely anybody. It sounds like it happened around 1.45 in the morning. He's uh, been released on bond. Uh, Michael's brother is Coben, and he is a DU basketball player seen him many times at Nuggets games um and he's oh this family is a they're close you know they're a close and tight-knit family so you know that Mike's gonna want to be there for his brother um and his brother and sister live here with him you know so I'm sure he sees I'm sure he feels a certain amount amount of responsibility you know a certain amount of like I'm the big brother here, Uh, and we have to understand that basketball players are people first. They have shit going on outside of the court that will affect their game and can affect their game, and I have always talked about this. Like, I I got criticized pretty heavily uh, back when Ryan McMahon was getting married because he got married, like, days after the season ended and when I saw it I kind of thought well that was kind of fast like 
y'all were planning that right after the season ended. And who knows why they made those plans, right? Like, other than them, we don't know. But for whatever reason, they planned it right then, and that's fine. I All I said was, like, it's understandable how he played his final few games because he had a lot of things, other things on his mind. And I don't think that that's something that we should criticize. I think it's something that we just need to accept. Like, people are humans. They're going to get stressed out <laughs> from planning a wedding or from their brother being in a car accident. Like, I can't even imagine, first of all, like, if – if something's happened with Coben too, like making sure that he's okay, you know, he was in a car accident. He's probably sore. He was in a car accident that was bad enough that there was a fatality. And what he's going through mentally, like I think it's mature of Mike to take a day and be with his brother. And I think we should all be mature about it too and just, you know, be supportive of him. I'm sure that's what the team is doing. There were no statements on on the situation since at the game at least because um I'm sure if coach Malone had been there he probably would have made a statement but he wasn't and Calvin Booth probably would have made a statement but he also was not present for media I think if the circumstances had been different um you know if Michael Malone had been there he probably would have but he wasn't so and this didn't have anything to do with Michael Porter you know he wasn't involved in any way other than he's related to this person. So all that to say, you know, show some empathy to Mike, keep him in your thoughts and prayers this week and moving forward, you know, when he comes back and and does play. Um, let's just remember all he's been through because it's a lot. That's a lot. Um, one other comment or, and storyline from the game last night was – that Bones Highland left the court with his hood up, head down. I swear it was in the third quarter, but a couple of the other media members believe um and were trying to like do the do the math to figure out did he get any fourth quarter minutes. I think it was at the end of the third. They think it was at the end of the fourth. Um or at the beginning of the fourth. Because Bones played two minutes in the in the fourth quarter, so it must have been just after those two minutes, uh, and then he he got pulled after the game. During the game, I you know I checked in and asked and made sure he was okay because nobody went back into the tunnel with him. Uh, security followed him a, like a bit later, and then several minutes later, maybe ten, a trainer followed him back. So. When um, post game, when I had the chance to ask Adelman about why Bones went into the locker room, he said he believed he was experiencing some discomfort, and they had discussed in that timeout that he wouldn't be going back into the game. So he he assumed that he went to the back due to some sort of discomfort, and that's why he sent the trainer back there later. But I'm not sure that um, like I'm. It seemed like he just like left the court and I'm just telling you what I saw you know from my from my view like my vantage point it seemed like he left the court without saying anything and then I I saw you know a couple of the guys on the bench kind of looking over and were like what where's he going kind of pointing at bones and so it, it didn't seem like it was like 
Adelman knew that he left the court necessarily. And I mean, it was an intense game. It was an intense fourth quarter. There were other things to focus on, you know, and I guess my takeaway from that is Bones had a, Bones, Bones was having a bad game. He had a bad game. He had no points. He didn't score a single three. He got pulled in the first half because he didn't defend. And then he was told in this timeout, you're not going back in the fourth quarter, be, you know, for whatever reasons. We're going to go with a different unit. And they stuck with Zeke Naji and um, and Bruce KCP in the fourth, and it worked out for them. You know, they got some really good minutes. Christian got some good minutes in there. And um, <clears throat> it proved to be pretty good defense because they came back. And it, it, they made it a tight game at the end and were able to get a chance, to, a shot off to even potentially win the game. So I get it. It sucks to be told you're not going to play again or you're not going back in this game. But, like, had they needed a score – a scorer a had something happened and they needed a sub like bones wasn't going to be there and that's too bad i i hope that he's not experiencing any discomfort like due to an injury when i asked they i was told there's no injury to report but you know soreness or whatever kind of discomfort you know i don't want that for him i don't want him to be in the back you know i want him to experience and be with his team like in the hard time even if that means it's, you know, from a point where he doesn't want to be. He wants to be on the floor. Of course he wants to be on the floor. All of us, you know, even all athletes want to compete, you know, and he's competitive. He's a competitive guy. He had a bad game, and he was frustrated, and I understand it. You know, we got to remember Bones, people deal with things differently. <laughs> Maybe Bones doesn't want to deal with his frustration out in the open, um, and that's for him to kind of decide and figure out and for his team to decide and figure out. If his team is cool with that, then I guess as fans, we should be cool with that. Um, typically, it's not typically how, you know, behavior that makes fans happy or typically behavior that makes teammates happy. Um, I can tell you from my experience, I rode the bench a lot, a lot before I got ever got my shot to play. And it's hard to be the guy on the bench being positive all the time you want to be in the game because you you believe that you could make an impact on the game and bones does impact the game a lot last night unfortunately was mostly in negative ways but he typically impacts the game in a re in really positive ways um and it's just a matter of him kind of working through you know when he isn't having that typical impact that he is having like last night he went 0 for 3 from 3 but that's not a reason to quit, right? Like, not a reason to quit on defense. You know, it, there has been a few moments recently where if he doesn't get the call he wants on on the offensive side, he doesn't get back on defense. You know, there was a moment in, in the first half last night that was just like that. He didn't get back on defense, and then when he did get back, they used him being out of position to take advantage of uh, Giddy not having a defender, and Giddy scored. So... <sighs> He's got to work through this um, time period where he's, he's – even if he's not making – draining threes, you know. Michael Porter went through a time like this too where uh, Coach Malone would talk like about the other ways he could contribute on the floor even when his shot isn't falling. And I think 
Bones, you know, contributes just by being out there because he's such a shooting threat. Even if his shot isn't going down, like, but if he's not taking those shots and he's not attempting them and he's not being aggressive, then he's not going to affect the game because the team is going to know they don't need to defend him. There was a point in last night's game where OKC left Zeke Naji for 20 seconds, what felt like an eternity. The entire crowd yelled, shoot it, because Zeke was open for a, a like elbow, you know, three. Extended from the elbow, right? But kind of like a wing left side three. He could have popped it like four times. He could have shot the the ball four or five times. It was that open. And he didn't. He passed it. But he shot a three later and made up for it. And actually ended up making two threes um, by the end of the game. But he could have had three because that one was wide open. Because OKC doesn't think he's a shooting threat. And they were right. He passed the ball. Like, he proved them right in that mo- instance. And that probably is why he got an open three opportunity later in the game because he proved to them, like, they don't need to guard him from three. Even if they leave him open, he's just going to pass the ball. And that's what Bones uh, feels like out there when he's not shooting well and he gets down on himself. He's not cutting. He's not moving. He's not rebounding uh, or getting assists or anything. You know, he's not contributing to the game he's not being a member of the team and it actually is a disservice to everyone else on the floor because now the other team the defense knows we don't got to guard him we can just he's just I don't know what he's doing out here he's doing his own thing and that's not good for the team so hopefully the team works through this little hiccup with bones and figures out what's going on if there's anything behind the scenes going on maybe he just misses coach Malone Maybe that doesn't even happen if Coach Malone is there, right? Because there's a certain level of authority that the head coach holds that maybe Bones doesn't, you know, maybe there's not that same level of respect and relationship with Adelman and the other coaches on the staff as he has with Malone. You never you never know. But I'm just here to tell you all what happened and share with you guys my thoughts. I appreciate it every time and every single one of you who chimes in and um listens to this podcast every single time i drop a new episode you have no idea how much you mean to me thank you and we'll be back soon with another episode of the chicken nuggets podcast When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.